Welcome to At Home in Your Hymnal. This is Pastor Clint Poppy, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We thank you for tuning in to this program, and we hope this will be a regular feature on KNNA 95.7 LP here in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're excited to begin a new series walking us through Lutheran worship and specifically Lutheran service book. At Home in Your Hymnal, that title begs a question. First of all, why a hymnal? What's the big deal? Second of all, at home in your hymnal makes an assumption that everyone would have a hymnal, whether that hymnal would be at church or at home or maybe even both. And then finally, at home, to be comfortable with, to be cozy with, to be familiar with. Those are all the images that home conjures up. So what we hope to do is to help us all to be at home in our hymnals. And we pray that God would richly bless us toward that conclusion. I'd like to begin with a word of prayer. O Lord, my creator, redeemer, and comforter, As I come to worship you in spirit and in truth, I humbly pray that you would open my heart to the preaching of your word, so that I may repent of my sins, believe in Jesus Christ as my only Savior, and grow in grace and holiness. Hear me, for the sake of his name. Amen. That prayer is from the inside cover of Lutheran Service Book. There are a series of prayers for worship. Many people don't even know they exist. But a prayer upon entering the church, a prayer before worship, a prayer after worship, a prayer before confession and absolution, a prayer before communing, a prayer of thanksgiving after receiving the sacrament, and a prayer for blessing on the word. Wonderful prayers to help the individual prepare for worship and to set our mind and our heart Right. I'd encourage you to check out those prayers the next time you open up your hymnal in church or at home. They are a great blessing for many people. At home in your hymnal. It's impossible to talk about being at home in our hymnal without first talking about worship. What is worship? Why is worship? Is there such a thing as a distinctively Lutheran worship or form of worship? These are all questions that we plan to tackle over the next weeks and months, and we pray again for God's blessings. I can't think of a better place to start than the introduction in our former hymnal, LW, Lutheran Worship, an introduction which teaches us what worship is. Our Lord speaks, and we listen. His word bestows what it says. Faith that is born from what is heard acknowledges the gifts received with eager thankfulness and praise. Music is drawn into this thankfulness and praise, enlarging and elevating the adoration of our gracious giver God, saying back to him what he has said to us. We repeat what is most true and sure. Most true and sure is his name, which he puts upon us in the water of our baptism. We are his. This we acknowledge at the beginning of the divine service. Where his name is, there he is. Before him, we acknowledge that we are sinners, and we plead for forgiveness. His forgiveness is given us, and we, freed and forgiven, Acclaim him as our great and gracious God, as we apply to ourselves the words he has used to make himself known to us. The rhythm of our worship is from him to us, and then from us back to him. He gives us his gifts, and together we receive and extol them. We build one another up as we speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Our Lord gives us his body to eat and his blood to drink. Finally, his blessing moves us out into our calling, where his gifts have their fruition. How best to do this we may learn from his word 
and from the way his word has prompted his worship through the centuries. We are heirs of an astonishingly rich tradition. Each generation receives from those who went before, and in making that tradition of the divine service its own, adds what best may serve in its own day, the living heritage and something new. Lutheran worship, within its compass, seeks to carry forward that great heritage and add something new. The common service, Divine Service 1 in LW or Divine Service 3 in LBW, familiar to all Lutherans, is carried forward with great no, with no great changes and with some improvements which were seemed to be needed. This will serve the continuity of our worship with an order of long proven worth. In addition, there is a service in two settings that derives from the work of the Inter-Lutheran Commission on Worship. In LW, Divine Service 2, first and second setting, and in LSB, Divine Service 1 and Divine Service 2. Divine Service 3 draws on our treasury of chorales and revives the historical Liedemasse, a typically Lutheran contribution to worship from which chorales largely replace chant. In LSB, this is Divine Service 5. There is also continuity with our familiar matins and vespers. In some places, a better musical setting has been provided. In addition, there are morning prayer, evening prayer, prayer at the close of the day, all from the work on the Inter-Lutheran Commission on Worship. There are further orders for various occasions, so that altogether, Lutheran worship provides orders and service with a faithfulness to the Lutheran tradition, an understanding of worship in the widest range of orders of service for English-speaking Lutherans. In its hymnody, each age of the church reflects what it returns to God for the greater blessings it has received from him. Some of the church's song is always derived from a previous era. The early church developed its music from the psalmody of the synagogue, to which it added the strophic hymns of Greek and Roman converts. When the liturgy became the sole property of the clergy, there arose a need for hymns in the language of the people. Thus there came into being the great body of Latin hymns introduced and promoted by Bishop Andros of Milan and his followers. In time, these again became the property of the clergy and the hierarchy. The Lutheran Reformation once more restored the church's song to the people in their native tongue. From then on, the Lutheran Church became known as the Singing Church. The song of this church has weathered and withstood such influences as pietism, rationalism, modernism, universalism, in one form or another. The hymns in Lutheran worship draw on the vast treasury of Christian hymnody, old and new, with words that speak God's law and gospel and express our faith's response with music that nourishes both memory and heart. Directed by the 1979 Convention of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod in St. Louis, the Commission on Worship offers this book for the enlivening and strengthening of worship with gratitude for all those who have served the worship of our Lord with the prayer that it may be serviceable to him and his people for the saving gospel's sake. That's the introduction from the 1979 hymnal of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, Lutheran Worship. We have a new hymnal now, LSB, Lutheran Service Book, which takes the best of Lutheran worship and the best of the older Lutheran hymnal, TLH, the Lutheran hymnal, and combines it into one. And many of the themes that we just heard in that introduction bear fruit for us today. There are some statements in there that we want to take a deeper look at with regard to what worship is and why worship is. And a theology of worship is an absolute necessity for the Christian to be able to understand why we go to church, what worship is. When we go to church and we hear, we think, we feel, or we say things like, what do I get out of it, is our 
mind, heart, and theology in the right place? That introduction says it well. Our Lord speaks, and we listen. Theology is a word about God, and a theology of worship is a word about God regarding worship. Worship is first and foremost God speaking to us. We listen. We receive. And then filled with the gifts and bounty that God and God alone can offer, we respond back to him. His love, our response. That's a great way to think about what worship is. Over the years, people have gotten the idea and the notion that liturgy or worship in general is somehow the work of the people. And that's a very, very sad and uh, deceiving understanding of what worship is. Certainly, we respond back to God, but worship is first and foremost what God does and what he says to us. His word bestows what it says. Our great gift giver God is in the process of giving us faith, hope, life, and salvation. And our worship must reflect that. To think of worship only as our praise to him soon dissolves into something that is what we do and what God has done and is saying to us takes a backseat or is relegated completely out of the system. And so today we begin our journey with Lutheran worship, a theology of worship, and helping us to be at home in our hymnals. We pray that God would richly bless us. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal. This is Pastor Clint Poppy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore Lutheran worship and helping us to become more familiar with our hymnal, our Lutheran hymnal. And speaking of Lutheran hymnals, we've had a lot of Lutheran hymnals in the last 50 years or so. In my lifetime, I have worshipped with three specific or three different Lutheran hymnals, and there have really been four or more hymnals during that 50-year span or so. I grew up with TLH. That's a Luther or Lutheran code word language for the Lutheran hymnal. This is the hymnal that many people love and are familiar with. Page 5 and page 15 are references to the common service and the communion service in TLH. It's a hymnal that some congregations are still using even to this day. It was printed in 1941. Sometimes people refer to it as the red hymnal, which can be deceiving because that hymnal is printed in three different colors, red, blue, and black. I know when people used to talk to me about the red hymnal, I had no idea what they were talking about because in my home congregation, our hymnals, our TLH, were blue. And so that hymnal is much loved, and there are many, many wonderful things that uh, people continue to think about, talk about, and maybe even long for. There was a time in the church when there were many, many different discussions about ecumenical work, the different Lutheran church bodies coming together, and the idea was that if we could have one common hymnal— if we could all worship out of the same hymnal, then maybe the divisions between the different Lutheran churches would cease. This uh, gained a lot of steam in the 60s and 70s. And in the 70s, a joint project was put together with various Lutheran denominations, including the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. The fruit of that work was what was commonly called back then the Green Hymnal. Lutheran book of worship that uh, many ELCA congregations used back in the olden days. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod pulled out of that project for theological reasons shortly before it was done, got a lot of criticism for that, and then created their own hymnal. 
LW, Lutheran worship, which is commonly called in our circles the New Blue Hymnal. LW has an official copyright date of 1979. There were many hymnals that were put out or supplements that were put out. There was a worship supplement in 1969 that I remember very vividly, a a small reddish colored book and many great hymns and a couple of liturgies in that book have uh, survived even to this day. But the LW was never warmly received in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. There's a variety of reasons for that, and we can address those topics at a time in the future. But today, we want to take a look at the hymnal that is in most Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregations today. And this will be the primary focus of our At Home in Your Hymnal programming, the Lutheran Service Book, LSB. It is maroon in color to distinguish it from all the other hymnals that are out there. Has an official copyright date of 2006. It is rare indeed to go to a Missouri Synod congregation today and not see Lutheran Service Book in the pews or in the chairs. Now, that doesn't mean all congregations actually use the book or use the hymnal, but many congregations have warmly received and purchased LSB. There are many, many wonderful things about this hymnal and many wonderful features in this hymnal to help us be at home with. I remember as a small child looking at the confirmation pictures that hung in the basement of my home congregation. And I looked at those pictures, and many of those confirmants on Confirmation Day were holding a beautiful engraved book. I always thought it was a Bible until I looked a little more closely and then had some of those individuals themselves tell me that they were not given as a confirmation gift a Bible, they were given their own personal hymnal. It's very common in that day for every adult member of the congregation to have their own personal hymnal. Now, I'm told that back in the olden, olden, olden days, people brought their hymnals to church. The church didn't actually own any hymnals. Those days are long, long gone. But that doesn't change the fact that many folks had a hymnal in the home. And maybe not just one hymnal in the home, but a hymnal for every family member. The hymnal was not only for that hour or two on church, in church on Sunday morning, but that hymnal was a part of the family devotional life. I remember as a child singing hymns at our cardboard family altar that I was sent home with from school one day, and we faithfully lit the candles on that altar, had our family devotions with portals of prayer, a section from the hymnal, a hymn, a devotion, and it was a great memory, but it was also a wonderful forming in the faith, something my father took very, very seriously. I remember after my father passed away, again, with my grandmother at her house, uh, elderly shut-in. One of the things that we regularly did in the evening, especially those evenings when I had the privilege of spending the night there, is we would get out the hymnal. We would read the Psalms together. We would talk and discuss matters of the faith, sing a hymn, wonderful memories. Again, great time of faith formation. But now it seems like having a hymnal in the home is becoming more and more rare. I see hymnals in the homes of folks where there's a piano or some other musical instrument off in the corner, but it is rare for families to have that at-home hymnal as a part of their regular devotional life. And that's something that I hope to encourage through these discussions and through this programming on KNNALP 95.7 here in Lincoln, is to consider the hymnal as a friend, and a friend not only for Sunday morning worship, 
but a friend to have at home, a friend to have by the bedside, a friend to have as a part of our devotional life. I know some pastors that in their adult confirmation teaching, they use three books and three books only. The Bible, Luther's small catechism, and the hymnal. And if you think about it, all of the things that we need for our faith formation, for God speaking to us and growing us in the faith, are included beautifully in these resources. And so once again, we pray God's blessings on our journey as we walk through Lutheran Service Book, a variety of other topics with regard to worship and distinctively Lutheran worship. In our previous segment, we heard the introduction from the inside of the hymnal Lutheran Worship beautifully speaking to us and teaching us a theology of worship, a theology of corporate worship, and a theology of individual worship as well. One of the things that was emphasized in that introduction is a phrase that many Lutherans are familiar with, and that is divine service. What is it that makes a service a divine service? Well, that word divine service that we have in our hymnals and that is oftentimes spoken of in Lutheran circles is a rough or loose English translation from the German word Gottesdienst, Gottesdienst, which literally means God's service. Worship is first and foremost God's service to us. That is a biblical understanding of worship. That is an understanding of worship that is less and less common in our world today, and especially here in the United States. And it is something that sets Lutheran worship apart from many of the other forms and styles of worship that is out there. God serving his people. How does God serve his people? Well, first, again, he serves his people with Jesus. The word made flesh for us and for our salvation. So the primary component of worship is God serving or delivering Jesus to us. How does God deliver Jesus to us? Well, the word made flesh who lived and died and rose again and ascended on high and promises to come back again on the last day, has not left us as orphans. He is really present with us and among us. He is really present with us in his word, his word of both law and gospel, the law which shows us our sin, the gospel which shows us and delivers to us our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then the word is attached to simple, ordinary things. Sometimes people call it the visible word of God. When the word of God is attached to water in holy baptism. When the word of God is attached to bread and wine in the Lord's Supper. This is God serving us. And another way that God serves us is when the Word of God is attached to the words of your pastor in the Holy Absolution. This is divine service. This is God serving us. And as God serves us, we respond. We respond with our prayers, our praise, and our thanksgiving, sometimes referred to as the sacrifice of praise. We are very, very active in worship, in the divine service. But the divine service means God acts first. God speaks to us. God delivers the goods to us. And then we, in humble joy, we, in the midst of the forgiveness of sins, full and free, respond back to him. Thanks be to God for his gifts of divine service and for the joy of responding back to him. We're going to take a short break. This is At Home in Your Hymnal. We'll be right back. 
You are listening to K N N A L P ninety five point seven FM, Lincoln, Nebraska. Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal. This is Pastor Clint Poppy, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we are journeying through Lutheran worship, a theology of Lutheran worship, and also the Lutheran service book, the current hymnal in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We've talked a little bit about some introductory things with Lutheran worship. I read the uh, introduction from a previous Lutheran hymnal, LW, Lutheran Worship, and we've talked about Gottesdienst, divine service. I think a fair play would uh, dictate that we look also to the very excellent introduction from our current hymnal in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, LSB, Lutheran Service Book. The introduction reads as follows. Our Lord is the Lord who serves. Jesus Christ came into the flesh not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. On the cross, he offered himself as a spotless sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. Through his perfect life and death, he accomplished forgiveness and salvation for all before the Father in heaven. By his empty tomb and ascension into heaven, he declared his victory over sin and death to all the world. Seated now at the Father's right hand, he graciously serves his church with the gifts of salvation. On the last day, he will come again to gather his elect from every nation to celebrate the feast that will have no end. Our Lord serves us today through his holy word and sacraments. Through these means, he comes among us to deliver his forgiveness and salvation, freeing us from our sins and strengthening us for service to one another and to the world. At holy baptism, he put his name upon us, pours his Holy Spirit into our hearts, and rescues us from sin, death, and the devil. Through holy absolution, he pronounces his forgiveness again and again. With his holy word, written in scripture and preached into our ears, he daily proclaims his abiding love for us through all the joys and sorrows of life in this world. In his holy supper, he gives us his own body and blood to eat and drink as a priceless gift to nourish and strengthen us in both body and soul. The Lord's service calls forth our service in sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving to him and in loving service to one another. Having been called, gathered, enlightened, and sanctified by the Holy Spirit, we receive his gifts with thankfulness and praise. With psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, we joyfully confess all that God has done for us, declaring the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Our song joins with the song of every saint from every age, the new song of Christ's holy people declaring, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation 5.12 Within the Lutheran tradition, the wedding of the word of God to melody was modeled by the Reformer himself. Martin Luther had a high regard for music and urged the church to use it wisely as a vehicle for proclaiming the gospel. Next to theology, he wrote, I accord to music the highest place and the greatest honor. Retaining the best of pre-Reformation hymnody, as well as adding a great number of new hymns to the church's song, Luther and succeeding generations of hymn writers continue to inspire the faithful to lift their voices in praise and thanksgiving to the triune God. This heritage of word and song has been highly valued throughout the history of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Even before the Synod's formation, a new German-language hymnal was already in development, edited by the Synod's first president, C.F.W. Walther. With the transition to English came several books, Evangelical Lutheran Hymn Book, 1889 and 1912, the Lutheran Hymnal, 1941, and most, Luth most recently, Lutheran Worship, 1982. 
Each of these hymnals not only handed on the treasures of the past, but also offered contemporary expressions of word and song in service to the gospel. Lutheran Service Book, LSB, now continues the church's song into the 21st century. Officially accepted at the Synod's 2004 convention, Lutheran Service Book is a careful blending of the best of the Lutheran hymnal and Lutheran worship. It offers treasured melodies and texts that have been nourishing God's people for generations. In every age, God also blesses his people by raising up hymn writers who have honed their craft to create rich and fresh expressions of praise. Produced during the most prolific period of the English language hymn writing in the history of Christendom, Lutheran Service Book delivers a rich feast of gospel-centered hymns from every age and from many lands. Lutheran Service Book is offered with the prayer that it may be used in all its fullness to give voice to the prayer, praise, and thanksgiving of God's holy people as they are graciously served by Him through word and sacrament. That's the introduction to Lutheran Service Book and Combined with the beautiful theological introduction in Lutheran worship, I think it gives us a great picture of what worship is and why worship is and what makes worship distinctively Lutheran. God gives, God serves, we receive, and we respond. Thanks be to God. There are many, many wonderful things about a hymnal when you come to church. I mentioned earlier the prayers that are at the beginning of the hymnal on the inside front cover. On the inside back cover of LW are the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. A great reminder and a great teaching tool for us at church and in the home. I grew up in a home where a hymnal was a very, very important part of our family time, our meal time, our devotional time. It seems that many families have drifted away from having meals together and having family devotions together. And it's my hope and prayer that this is something that we can recapture. I'm not sure that we can be able to get people to sit down for a meal with crazy and hectic schedules, but if we can sit down around the Word of God at certain times of the day, some or all of the family, praying together, hearing God's Word together, singing together, this would be a great blessing in our homes, a great blessings in our churches, and a great blessing for our nation as a whole. It's my prayer that you would prayerfully consider how this might start, increase, grow, and perhaps become a lasting part of your home and your home life. Now, for most people, when they encounter a hymnal, the place they encounter that hymnal is in church. I know when I came to Good Shepherd roughly 20 years ago, we had hymnals, but we didn't really use them. And so it was a very slow, very gradual process to get the people of God here at Good Shepherd in Lincoln to become at home with their hymnal, even in church. We started out very slowly. We began by singing hymns, mostly very familiar hymns and then slowly started using bits and pieces of the liturgical divine service that are found in the hymnal. For a while, we took our worship services, our divine service, and we printed them out in a long booklet form. So when you came to church, you would get a bulletin of 10, 15, maybe even 20 pages where all of the liturgical parts, the singing parts, even some hymns were printed out in a booklet form. Now, I know some congregations do that today, and they find that very, very useful. But I also remember a voters' assembly where one of our members stood up and said, I don't know why we need to be wasting all that paper. We have a book. We have a hymnal. Why don't we just use it? And 
the words of wisdom from that sage Lutheran layman now in heaven took root here at Good Shepherd. And from that moment on, we stopped printing out the long and lengthy bulletins and became at home in our hymnal. When you come into God's house, generally one of the worship forms is outlined for you, whether that be one of the prayer services, matins or vespers, morning prayer, evening prayer, service of prayer and preaching, many wonderful options in Lutheran service book, and we'll have an opportunity over the next several times together to explore each one of those in detail. But most often when you come to God's house, there is a divine service that is offered. Now, some congregations refer to the worship service as a divine service when the Lord's Supper is offered. And that is the proper way to uh, define a divine service. A divine service without the Lord's Supper is missing something. It's empty. Sometimes people refer to that as a half mass or a dry mass. Uh, The word mass is uh, not a particularly Roman Catholic term. It simply means God's service to us. It's the worship service. And so when we come into God's house, we have the divine service. Divine service has a distinctive pattern and forms. The two basic parts of that form are the propers and the ordinaries. The ordinaries are the things that are repeated the same week after week. Now, they may not be the same words because we have a variety of divine services, but the invocation, the confession and absolution, the gloria or the hymn of praise, Uh, the sermon, the readings, uh, all of these things, and then also when it comes to the service of the sacrament, all of these things are the same, maybe with different words and melodies, but that order is the same. Those are the ordinaries. They are ordinarily done. The propers are that which changes week to week. We don't have the same Bible readings each Sunday. We don't have the same sermon each Sunday. We don't have the same hymns each Sunday. Those things are the propers, and they vary according to the particular Sunday in the church year. Church year, liturgical season, those things we're going to take up as we come back in our next segment. This is Proclaiming the One. We'll be right back. Welcome back once again to At Home in Your Hymnal. This is Pastor Clint Poppy, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for joining us today as we explore Lutheran worship, a theology of worship in general, and a brief introduction to Lutheran service book, the general hymnal of the congregations of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Why do we worship? God knows that we need it. In fact, he's given us a commandment to show us how important worship is. We know the third commandment, don't we? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. The word of God preached and taught to us and the people of God gladly hearing and receiving the word of God. This is what is primary in our worship. Sometimes the preaching and teaching of God's word takes a back seat to other things that go on in our worship. And that is indeed a very sad state. It begins a shift so that worship becomes more about what we do, what we think, what we feel, what we say, rather than the primary focus being on the Word of God. This is one of the things that is distinct in a distinctively Lutheran understanding or a Lutheran theology of worship. One of the things that the church, and this was uh, begun way, way, way before there was such a thing as a Lutheran, was the church decided that to have order in our worship would be a good way to approach 
the scriptures so that the individual church or the individual pastor did not uh, pound the people with his particular hobby horse. There would be a series of readings that would be done and that there would be a particular form or order, not only to the individual worship service, but also to the church year. That's where we left off in our last segment. And we know that in the church, the church counts time, but it counts time differently than the world. The beginning of the church year, the new year in the church is not January 1st, the way the world celebrates it. We're a little bit off kilter with regard to the way the world counts time. The first Sunday in Advent is generally the first Sunday after Thanksgiving here in America. It usually falls the last Sunday in November or the first Sunday in December. And our church year begins with a season of Advent. And this season of Advent is a season of preparation. It's a penitential time, but it is more of a time of preparing to welcome and receive the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It gets us ready for Christmas, and that is good. But in our world that seems obsessed with the materialism of Christmas, it doesn't seem like the church needs all that much help getting ready. The theme of Advent is more than getting ready for again, celebrating the incarnation of our Lord and Savior Jesus on Christmas Day. It's more than that. We rejoice in promises made and promises fulfilled in the coming of our Savior. We rejoice in how God continues to deliver Jesus to us, Jesus coming to us right here, right now, Jesus really present in word and sacrament. And we also think about, meditate on, and prepare for the time when Jesus will come again, the second coming of Christ on the last day, judgment day. Today is the day of our salvation. God wants us to be ready each and every day. Following Advent, and we know that the culmination of Advent is the joy of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we have a short season of Christmas. Not just a day or Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but a short season of Christmas so that we can celebrate the joys of Christmas for more than one special celebration. The celebration of this Christmas season ends and culminates in the epiphany of our Lord. The epiphany of our Lord is January 6th, and when that falls on a Sunday, that's uh, always celebrated in the church. Many churches move that celebration of Epiphany to the closest Wednesday or the closest Sunday so they can have that special celebration. And that season of Epiphany then reflects on the Epiphanies or the manifestations of Jesus Christ to us. Jesus is revealed literally to the Magi on the celebration of the Epiphany. And then the season of Epiphany reflects upon how Jesus manifests or reveals himself to us. He manifests himself to us in his miracles, changing water into wine, healing the sick and raising the dead. And the ultimate or pinnacle of his revelation or revealing to us comes in the transfiguration of our Lord. In the one-year series, and we'll talk more about that the next time we gather, in the one-year series, we have a very special three-week time of preparation for Lent. These are the Jesima Sundays, and they fit very, very well with Lutheran theology with a theme of faith alone, grace alone, scripture alone. Lent begins on Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday is one of only two year, two days in the church year where black is the appropriate color of the day. Our Lenten season is a penitential season. It is a season of repentance and reflection. It is a time when most churches meditate 
on the passion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the Lutheran tradition, it's also a time when many people do a catechetical review and all the way back to the ancient church, Lent was a time of intense instruction in the Christian faith, culminating in baptisms and confirmations at the Easter Vigil. We'll talk more about Lent and some of the details of Lent later, but in this brief overview of the church year, Lent prepares us for our celebration of Easter. Easter Sunday, where we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ physically and bodily from the dead, the pinnacle of the person and work of Jesus Christ for us. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, our faith is futile and we're still in our sins. But thanks be to God, Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. And every time we gather, each Sunday, each divine service is like a little Easter season. Easter is more than a day, just like Christmas is more than a day. And we have a long, long season of Easter, seven weeks where we look at the resurrection appearances of Jesus. We look at the miracles of Jesus. We look at Jesus' promises to return again. We celebrate the physical bodily ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus into heaven. And then we rejoice as Easter gives way to Pentecost. The celebration of Pentecost, the miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the disciples, is a joyous, joyous festival. It's a day when we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We celebrate how God delivers his Holy Spirit to us today in word and sacrament. And it begins a long season, not the festival season that I just explained, but the common season in the church year. The first Sunday after Pentecost is the Holy Trinity Sunday, where we focus on who God is for us. And then we have more than 20 weeks in this Trinity season. The festival half of the church here, from the beginning of Advent until Pentecost, focuses primarily on the person and work of Jesus Christ for us, the common half of the church year, beginning with Trinity Sunday and going all the way through the last Sunday in the church year, focuses on the life of a Christian and how we as the beneficiaries of God's great gifts and blessings hear, believe, respond, and live in our vocations. We don't have to follow a liturgical church year. In fact, in America, many churches don't. But it has proven throughout the centuries to be a great blessing to follow a liturgical church year so that we can focus again and again on who Christ is for us and for our salvation. We come into, the God, into God's house, and in a sense, we follow that same pattern in our worship services. We come into God's house and we confess our sins. After we confess our sins, God declares us forgiven, not because we've confessed or because we've tried really hard, but on account of the person and work of Jesus. We cry out to the Lord for mercy, and that's exactly what he delivers to us. We hear God's word read. We hear God's word expounded and explained to us in a sermon. We respond back with our gifts, our offerings, our prayers, our thanksgiving. And then once again, God delivers the goods to us. The very body and blood of Jesus in, with, and under bread and wine given to us, sinners, for forgiveness, life, and salvation, nourishment on this long journey that we call life. Having received the very body and blood of Jesus in our mouth and pumping in our veins, we respond with the nunc dimittis, Lord, Now, now I've seen everything. I've received everything. I'm ready. I'm ready to see you face to face. And we leave God's house with the words of the benediction, words that promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he is with us always, even to the very end of the age. God's word teaches us 
that when we come to Christ, there is a way to receive Christ and to respond with our thanksgiving. In Ephesians chapter 5, God, through the Apostle Paul, says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, and giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What a wonderful way to see our offerings of praise and thanksgiving to the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who has delivered us from sin, death, and the devil through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Psalm 150 also teaches us a lot about returning our thanks and praise to God for all he has done to us. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150. It's been my great pleasure to bring this particular episode of At Home in Your Hymnal. I hope and pray that we have many opportunities to explore the riches of God's Word and the rich tradition of Lutheran worship together. We close with another prayer from the inside cover of Lutheran Service Book, a prayer for blessings on the Word of God. Lord God, bless your word wherever it is proclaimed. Make it a word of power and peace to convert those not yet your own and to confirm those who have come to your saving faith. May your word pass from the ear to the heart, from the heart to the lip, and from the lip to the life, that, as you have promised, your word may achieve the purpose for which you sent it. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to At Home in Your Hymnal. We'll see you next time.